You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we're continuing our study through the book of Psalms. Now, remember, this being our second week, we looked at 15 Psalms last week. We will look at 15 Psalms this week. Now, this in no way exhausts the book of Psalms because there are 150 of them. But we are going to look at some... uh, particular psalms from different perspectives and uh, uh, different ways of seeing the praise songs to God. Uh, some are informative, some are uh, some are imprecatory, some, as we noticed, are historical, and uh, some have uh, a, a particular messianic prophecy in it. They're all uh, pointing to Jesus Christ, but as we studied last week, there are some theological truths that we can learn. And so today, uh, uh, being Monday, is our theological truths. What can we learn from the book of Psalms about God, about ourselves, and our relationship with Him? I want to remind you simply as we begin this week that the Amateur Church Podcast is a call for anyone who is tired of church being a programmed organization. We want our lives to be based on a love for Jesus Christ and a love for others, for that to be our motivation. And that's why we call this the amateur, uh, coming from amal, which means to love. And so uh, my prayer is that we would have this particular perspective in how we live our lives for God. And so the book of Psalms actually helps us. It encourages us to be faithful, to love Him, uh, not only with our words, but with our minds, our hearts, and our will. So as you look at theological theological truths, we want to look at the context of when it was written, the culture in which it was written, and how do they point us to Christ. So I do want to remind you what the Psalms, the book of Psalms were. So the uh, the Hebrew title for the collection is Tehillim, or, and that simply means praise songs, and that's from the Old Testament. But when we go to the Greek, the Greek title is Psalmoi, which means songs to the accompaniment of stringed instruments. Instruments. And so there, this is the musical aspect of the book, and it, it really brings out the idea that the Israelites would use these songs to praise God on stringed instruments, and the central message, of course, is praise the Lord. We see that over and over and over throughout the Psalms. Now, I walked you through last week the different types of Psalms. Uh, we talked about how we could read the Psalms uh, prayerfully, meditatively, honestly, joyfully, actively. Uh, but I, what I want to do in today's episode, to uh, not to repeat all of that and focus on that, but really for you to see um, some things that we can understand theologically from the Psalms, to set the stage for what we're going to be reading a lot this week. Remember, the book of Psalms is divided into five different books. And so we've covered a lot of the first two books. We begin in uh, in Psalm 72, really, this week. Uh, that's one of the ones we're reading at 72. At 73, we have the beginning of the third book according to the Hebrew scriptures of Psalms. So uh, there are four main ideas I want to bring to your attention from the book of Psalms that you might know but might not have focused on. And the first one is that the book of Psalms is a monotheistic collection. What I mean by that is when you take the word mono, 
theistic, mono meaning one, theistic meaning about God. It is pointing to one God. Now, this is huge in the context and the culture in which the Israelites were living during their time. Uh, You had many pagan cultures that were uh, worshiping multiple gods, little g gods, multiple. uh, They were polytheistic cultures. And so what uh, the Israelites are doing, namely David, Asaph, we'll see a lot of Asaph's writings as we read this week, uh, the sons of Korah, uh, Ethan, Heman, uh, Solomon, Moses, uh, you know, and, and there are a lot of psalms that have no author attributed to them. But what they're doing is bringing up the truth that we serve one God, the God of all creation of, of heaven and earth. So uh, the book of Psalms is a monotheistic collection of songs. Second, there's a very nationalistic uh, emphasis in, uh, in promoting that God had chosen Israel to be his particular people. You're going to see that. It's centered on Jerusalem, especially as the place that, that uh, uh, the, the people called this hill of God or this mighty city of God. And you see a lot of that, especially in the, uh, the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 through 134. And I'm spending a lot of time in those because that's the basis and foundation of my uh, focus of my dissertation right now. And so there's, uh, it's monotheistic in nature. It's nationalistic in looking at Israel as God's chosen people. But then we also see even focusing more on the temple worship. Uh, we see that, uh, that David especially was focused on how and when to build the temple. And of course, he wasn't allowed to. Uh, but his son Solomon would be able to build the temple. And we see a lot of psalms that focus on where worship should take place, how worship should take place. So not only psalms of praise to God, but psalms of praise specified in where, when, and how God is to be praised. You know, God is very concerned with how we do worship. Not just that we worship Him, but how we do worship. And we should always follow Him. So even when you're looking at the book of Psalms, don't see it just as a as a song book, but see it as a precise song book, one in which God has, uh, as authority over our lives, has already dictated, this is how I want you to uh, to, to come to me. Uh, what's interesting is we just began uh, yesterday uh, looking at Leviticus uh, chapter 1. We, we took one week and did just one verse. Yesterday we were able to do uh, the entire chapter 1 and look at the burnt offering, and we see that there is a very specific way in which God says, you can come to me. And, and I think we forget that many times when we apply this to us as, as New Testament believers and the modern church, looking at we still can only come to God in one way. We don't come to Him with our work. We come to Him in the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, worship is the same way in the book of Psalms. Is, is Understand, we don't come to God just in the, uh, the way we want to worship Him because that ultimately becomes us worshiping our own worship. Uh, and that's not the case. Uh, we worship God. So we see monotheism. We see uh, Israel as God's chosen people. We see temple worship centered on Jerusalem being that place. But ultimately, the Psalms is a book that is Christocentric, meaning focused on Christ. As we saw last week, we read Psalm 22 and 23 and 24, uh, very particular Psalms uh, uh, about the 
coming Messiah. Uh, but we also see that there are other psalms that we're going to read uh, even this week that praise God for his redemptive story, and that is culminated in Christ or the Messiah who would come. Again, Christ is the Greek uh, word used, but Messiah is the Hebrew word, and it ultimately points to God's redemption for his people and, and for us. So as we read this, it starts, there is one God. He has chosen one people at that time to bring about worship in one place, Ultimately, so that one Savior might come. You see how all of this kind of flows, and Psalms speaks of that. And then we find that then Christ coming from is going to tell us that worship is going to change from a temple. You know, in the Old Testament, God had a temple for his people. In the New Testament, God had a people for his temple. So worship is going to change, and it's going to spread uh, not just to be worshipped in one one location, but now we worship him in spirit and in truth, according to the book of John, John chapter 4. And it's going to spread from being in one place of Israel, one nation, that God's people is going to, to, to move from one uh, one nation to of all peoples, according to Revelation chapter 7. There will be a, a great multitude without number. And ultimately worshiping that one God, uh, again, back to monotheism. So as we pull all of this information together, I kind of want to want you to see, though, it, the heart of the psalmist really summed up in one of the psalms that you're going to read this week. Psalm 84, verses 1 and 2. Listen to these words. How lovely are your dwelling places, O God. My soul longs and even faints for your courts. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Isn't this just theological richness? It, doesn't this just stir your affections for God that the psalmist would cry out, Asaph would cry out, How lovely are your places, O God? In, in, in another place, the psalmist would write, Listen, better is one day in your courts than thousands anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper in your courts than, than live among the tents of the world. And, and this, this shows us how the Psalms are not just mechanical in nature and not just a, a, a list of poems, but they really are the heartfelt worship uh, from the people of God. And I pray that, that the book of Psalms does that for us this week. I pray that we would get past just just mechanics, but that we would realize that theology leads us to worship, and great worship comes from great theology, what we believe about God. So my hope and really my prayer as we close out our episode today is this, that as you read the Psalms this week, some beautiful Psalms, as you read, that you would prayerfully say, God, how lovely is your dwelling place. And my soul longs and even faints for your courts. My heart and flesh sing for joy to you, the living God. Consider this, that that was Old Testament. Now, when we pray that, the dwelling place of God, we think heaven. But listen, if you're saved, you have become the dwelling place, literally, of God's Holy Spirit. May we have lovely places and may we long and faint for the presence of God in our heart, strong. And may we sing for joy, even in the midst of pain or suffering, 
God can bring joy. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you today. Stakes in the ground.